Tips. Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at use one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is Beat Procrastination by Thinking About the Future. We're also going to be having our chat with Christina and we've got the Hunter Innovation Festival coming up next week. So we're going to look at some of the events that are going to happen there. But right now we're going to pop over to Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray and have a look at the highlights of the budget. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So uh, since we had the budget, we've also had a call for an election. So uh, we'd be interested to have a look at uh, what what happened with the budget and what will still happen after the uh, election. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, the budget was delivered um, about a month ago now. And I, I always like to let the dust settle on the budget. There's always a big hoo-ha when it comes up. And there's dust kicked around everywhere. And there's the budget reply speech. And now, you know, fast forward a month and, and a lot of the stuff that's in there is largely um, forgotten. So I just wanted to pick out a few little sort of gems out of mm. the um, out of the budget papers to, to have a chat about. Um, the first one that caught my eye was... The, the government, um, and governments love to puff out their chest when the economy is going quite well because it's all to do with them. You know, they take credit for when things go well. Cash receipts um, in, the, in the 12 months up until uh, December last year, December 18, were $8.4 billion more than what they had anticipated. And, of course, as I said, they like to take credit of that. It's, it's on the back of a, a resources boom. Um, the, the price, you know, resources has gone back up again. But mm. when you read between the, the lines of the budget papers, it, a lot has to do with what has happened in world events. And there was, you might remember there was a tragedy in Brazil where yeah. a dam... Bust, do you remember the dam yeah, busting yeah. in, in yeah. Brazil? Yeah, a lot of months ago. A lot of people died in that. Well, that affected the um, export of coal from Brazil. So... China stopped buying coal from Brazil for a period of time. Where do you think they bought it from? From us, of course. From they bought it from us, and what happened? The price went up, <laughs> so, and, there are, so, and then our know, receipts just, came up, and our receipts went up. So yeah. you know, it's, sometimes you know they take credit for things that just uh, happen to happen to happen, and that one's on the back of uh, quite a quite a tragedy in Brazil. So, but anyway, we have. We have a lot more money to uh, to play with, um, and another part that I find very, very sort of again, you know, tongue in cheek, disgraceful. I just sort of shake my head. Is how governments are able to procrastinate. You just mentioned there about one of your Harvard business tips yeah. about avoiding, you know, procrastinate. I know you used to be you used to be a procrastinator, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they they sit around on legislation for what seems to be an eternity. But when they're motivated to push through legislation, they seem to be able to get it through in a couple of days. So two examples of that out of the budget are the small business tax rate. So they, regardless of whether the, the government now win or lose the, the next the election this, this month, yep, we can, talk, we can now say this month, yep. Yep. Um, and I doubt very much whether Labor are going to reverse this now. So what we're locked into now is for businesses that turn over less than $50 million, their tax rate is now 27.5% instead of 30 it's going to drop to 26% and then 25% in the next mm. few years. So that, that's that's locked in. So and, all and of the a, other... Co- and, yeah. of course, it was backdated to 2018 too, wasn't it? Correct. That's right. That's yeah. it. So that's all. They, they've rushed that legislation through and it's gotten in. What didn't get in, which, which is what Malcolm Turnbull tried to do when he was Prime Minister, is to get all companies to pay in tax at 25%. So I think mm. this is it. I don't think this will be tampered with. I, I think this is as good as it gets. Although 50 um, million is a pretty big business, isn't it? 
It's a pretty big business, yeah. That's exactly it. So, so um, yeah, you kind of take those those tax cuts. Look, the tax cuts again. A bit of context around everything um, always helps. They are in the light of Donald Trump being president of the United States, saying that he wanted to drop the tax rate in the US, um, and I think he mentioned twenty percent, mm. um, which got everyone very nervous. And then they, everyone just went, "Oh, well, how are we going to remain yeah. competitive?" So it's all on the back of trying to remain internationally competitive so it's not a, it's not about doing the big end of town a favor it, it, it is doing them a favor but at the end of the day it's also so that Australia as a nation remains um, competitive otherwise countries will do business with other countries it's mm. as simple as that mm. So. Mm. but the, the part that I find a bit disgraceful where they sat on their hands and, and just did not pass this legislation is the super guarantee amnesty now a year ago on the roughly a year ago now on the 24th of May 2018 they announced a 12-month amnesty which is almost up, so that employers who had not paid their super could come forward, do the right thing, not be penalised. They didn't legislate it. It never, it never got through. And I don't understand why that didn't get through. And what's really interesting about that is the ATO actually updated their website to say, yep, come forward, we'll look after you, we won't penalise you. But they had to take it down because it wasn't legislation. It wasn't legislated. So people have been coming forward and uh, they're now facing penalties. Correct. Now, the ATO have said, look, we won't penalise you, but um, the legislation essentially says that they're subject to interest and penalties, and I'm not entirely sure of what happens to someone who comes forward and says, look, you know, I relied on the amnesty, you're not supposed to penalise me, and then the ATO said, well, sorry, pal, but that didn't get passed, so I am going to penalise you. So it's not mm. a really, not a savoury thing um, to have happen. So, yeah, two examples of when legislation can get pushed through very quickly and then other that, another one where they sit on their hands for the better part of 12 months, which is not good. And another thing we've been talking about over the uh, over the year, actually, is uh, uh, asset write-off. And, and that's yeah. sort of been clouded a little bit now. Well, it's still confusing. I mean, it's it started out at 20,000, then it was increased to 25,000, and now it's 30,000. And what's, what's confusing about this is that it now applies to businesses that turn over less than $50 million for the June 19 year. But you have to now be careful and look up you know, the, the date of when the particular asset was purchased because three different dates apply. Up until January, it's 20000 Up until budget night, it's 25000 And after budget night, it's 30000 So, okay. And again, that's another example of, of legislation that they managed to push through since budget night, since the 2nd of April. That, that came through. That, Very quick. I think they pushed that through within about a week. So, yeah, so that's now locked in, but it, it is a little bit confusing. And the way it stands at the moment is it's... $30,000 for businesses that turn over under $50 million, and the sunset clause is now the 30th of June, 2020. Okay, so another, got another year. And, Hold your breath and, for another year to see what happens. And that, <laughs> of course, has been passed in legislation, so whoever wins the election, that's going to be in. That's it. They won't change that, but it's a question of whether they'll let it lapse, whether they extend it. You know, so it's, it's yeah. we've been used to it for about the last four or five years. So, as a, an accountant friend of mine facetiously said, um, so the sale price of Utes is, is now um, thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, a, you know, a thousand dollars these days is really a, a very ridiculous number because it's been in for what about thirty years, I think. Correct. That's so, it. It's, yeah, so. It's, 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 uh, yeah, but I tend to think thirty thousand a little bit too high, personally. But uh. I, I, I think it's I think it's pretty generous. Yeah, um. I, I think so. And and as I said, to, I've said already to a lot of clients, you don't have to go out and go and spend them, you know, buy stuff for the sake of it. Just buy stuff if you yeah. need it. Yeah. But for people to go out there and just buy things, 
you know, just to, to save a little bit on tax is just insane. You end up with all this, you know, these assets and no cash. So yeah. that's right. You're not really the government's not really giving you thirty thousand. Even if you're on the top tax rate, you're going to get about forty five percent of it back. I, yeah, I actually had a client who rang and said, "When do I actually get my thirty thousand dollar refund?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, it doesn't doesn't quite work that way, mate. <laughs> and just quickly, with the yep. ABN holders, are going to have some things to look at. May or may not come in. I mean, it was announced in the budget, and again, if we get a change of government, I'm not sure what will happen here. But one of the things that they did announce um, in the budget was to force um, ABN, uh, someone who holds an ABN, so whether they're an individual partnership, company, trust, um, to lodge outstanding tax returns. And what they're proposing is a renewal process. So, so it's the, the ABN does not just sit there dormant on the system. You have to actually physically renew the ABN every year. And what's not clear is whether there'll be a fee with that. Currently, mm. if you have a company, you pay ASIC a fee of about $263 for the privilege of, of having a company. So yep. people are, are sort of saying, well, this is another you know impost on business mm. um, if there's going to be a process. I'm not sure whether it'll just be part of the, you know, lodge a tax return, tick a box saying, yes, I want to use you know, the ABN for the for the next 12 months and, and that's what you keep doing. I'm just not sure how that, that's going to come in. But mm. they have handed out a lot of ABNs and a lot of them are dormant. And if you think about the person who flips between being a contractor and an employee, um, they might do a bit of consulting work on the side. They want an ABN on the side that they may not use for a year or two, but they, yeah. they, they want it. Yeah. Um, so it's, again, it, it kind of doesn't fully... Um, appreciate that, that that we live in a very transient sort of society now. There are, you know, the days of someone going in and staying in a job for 50 years are well and truly over. People drift in and out of jobs, drift in and out of working type, you know, relationships throughout their life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about this one. So it is like, it is 1st of July 2022. So it's a long way oh, away okay. that they pushed it out. So, yeah, a lot will change between now and then, I'd imagine. It's a wait, of, wait and see. We'll have a chat with you again next month. Hold your breath till then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Julian. Tony Vidray there with uh, some highlights of the budget. And, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what well, some of them will still be in effect after the election. Some we'll wait and see. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to pop over and have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And we've got the uh, Hunter Innovation Festival coming up on next Monday. Yeah, we have, and yeah, we're so excited about it. We've got an amazing program. Uh, it's going to go from the 6th to the 17th of May. We are covering every aspect of community. So there's something for children and families and business people and entrepreneurs and start. So there's something for, like literally the cliche, there's something for everybody um, to become interested in. Uh, and even just if it's a walk through the Lunar exhibition that's going to be taking place in Civic Park, um, there's a plethora of things for people to do. So, so let's have a look at a couple of the uh, things that are coming up, particularly the ones that affect a business. Sure. So we've got the, the first one, I think, is around job security. So there's a lot oh, of yeah. people talking in terms of job security at the moment. Um, and so there's an event on, on the Tuesday, first Tuesday. It's a breakfast event, so it's at a convenient time for a lot of people to attend. It's called Humans versus Robots, the Great Job Security Debate. So, you know, we're constantly inundated at the moment um, in articles, magazines, business business talks, etc., about how robots, etc., are going to take over um, our lives and take over our jobs. So this is going to be a really top debate, um, Q&A, Q&A style, uh, 
fantastic people on the panel. So we've got people like um, Garth Russell, Jeff Cruz, um, who's from recruitment. Uh, we've got a small business owner, Dr. Chloe Warren, who's done a lot of research um, around creativity and business and innovation. We've got somebody from a mining company. We've got somebody uh, from the university. So we've got a, a really dynamic panel um, mm. and they're going to be talking about job security, but particularly job security in this region. So, mm. are, you know, which jobs really are going to be taken over by robots? And the thing, as we've discussed before, is that for every job that gets taken over by a robot, there's 1.3 jobs created. Um, mm. They're just in completely different fields. And so, we've, And we've talked before about, you know, it doesn't matter so much if the automation is taken out of our lives and we are then free to express our unique talents and characteristics um, as opposed to doing robotic tasks at work. There's an event for um, children, uh, Code, Make, Collaborate for Kids. Uh, and so Broader Learning are actually presenting this. It's for junior coders, so we all know how important coding is, and it's very much um, presented in a fun way. And so they've got things like Lightbot and Sam Labs and Hopscotch and Microbit. Um, all taking part in this. It's an event presented by the City of Newcastle, which is fantastic, um, and it, it's wonderful that it's part of the Hunter Innovation Festival. And probably Another, fits, fits in quite nicely with the job security too, because obviously that's uh, <laughs> where some of the jobs are going to come from. Yeah, that's right. So particularly, you know, immediately, what are we going to do with all the um, all the uh, intelligence, all the data, and everything that we're that we're collecting at the moment? Mm. Um, there's an IP, so particularly of interest, I believe, should be of interest to businesses. Um, we've got an intellectual property workshop, so very basic understanding of what IP is, who owns it, um, why it's actually important, what it means um, in commercialisation, and everything. Um, why, and you know, why is IP important? It is intrinsically important and I've actually heard IP presented so that it sounds like it's a lot of fun and it's something of benefit to business. So what mm. you really need to be doing is if you are in the innovation space, if you are developing new products or processes in your organisations, um, please don't miss the IP um, uh, workshops that we're and running of, during the festival. And of course we're all developing IP all the time really. Um, That's right. And yep. uh, you know, the, the more technologically advanced we become, the more IP is going to be take a hold. But to, and the more challenged IP is going to be yeah. as well. So, you yeah. know, who owns what and then, ha and then that will potentially be automated at the same time. Um, and another event that I'd like to mention to you is Awesome Newcastle. So there are a wonderful group of, of small businesses in Newcastle that um, provide a $1,000 grant every month. And usually they're, you know, they're very quietly doing amazing things in the background. They're actually making one of their um, sessions. So every month they hold a session. People are invited to pitch. Um, and somebody that has pitched that evening gets $1,000 um, towards uh, their community project in Newcastle. Mm. There's absolutely no strings attached. There's nothing they're required to do. Um, and this time it's actually going to be open to um, the public. So people will be able to go. The three finalists get three minutes to pitch their idea. Um, and then, you know, somebody takes home $1,000 and it's a wonderful evening and it's great to see what happens behind the scenes. So, th so this pitching event is normally a closed, closed event and, and it's yeah. being opened to... Uh, to the general public as part of the festival. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it's an amazing group of 10 local businesses who throw in $100 each. That's how they come up with $1,000 um, to award to the great idea of that month. 
Um, so there's a lot of people quietly doing wonderful things and supportive things in the background that most of us don't know about. And this is the festival's way of bringing um, attention to one of those um, events that's happening that support the community. Well, that's excellent. Well, that's great. And uh, we'll have a chat next week and see how things are going because it goes on for a couple of weeks, isn't it? It's, uh... It does, yeah. We're on till the 17th. The full program's okay. up on the website um, yeah. and social media. Just a reminder of the website. Uh, www.hunterinnovationfestival.org Okay, thank you for that. We'll have a chat Mm -hmm. next week. We will indeed. Look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with the uh, Hunter Innovation Festival. And, uh, you know, we've always talked about innovation on the program. It is one of the ways of the future, of course, and it will be. it's it's really good to see the whole of Newcastle behind all this. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Just a quick time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And as we said earlier, beat procrastination by thinking about the future. Typically knowing the upside of completing a task isn't enough to make us put in the effort to actually do it. That's because the present is concrete and the future is abstract. But you can short-circuit your procrastination tendencies by making the future feel more real. And here's how we can do it. First of all, visualise. Take a moment to paint a vivid mental picture of the benefits of completing the task. If there's a phone call you're avoiding or an email you're putting off, imagine the sense of satisfaction that you'll feel when it's over. Secondly, pre-commit publicly. Most of us don't want to look foolish or lazy to other people, so dare to say... I'll send you the report by the end of the day. It can be just enough to make taking action more appealing. And thirdly, confront the downside of inaction. Instead of telling yourself you can do the task tomorrow for or the day after, force yourself to think about the downside of putting it off. What are the real consequences of not getting it done today? So some interesting comments there. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. And next week, we're going to talk to human relations expert Craig McGregor. We'll have a minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, all life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.